that time, 8.13, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Wednesday morning. And we have guests from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office on the air with us today. And in studio, Community Service Sergeant Chris Irwin and Deputy Andy Pugh. And uh, Andy, I think you do a lot of the Explorer stuff uh, at the Sheriff's Office. Yes, sir. I'm over the program. And then also with us, E.T. Geis and Clarence Geis. And they are with the SCAN program here in Rutherford County, which is also under the Sheriff's Office. So I guess starting out this morning, you want to start off with the Explorers and talk a little bit about what they do? Sure. The Explorer program is a group of young men and women ages 14 and they can stay into their 21 that's interested in law enforcement so what what do they do i guess do they meet once a week and during those meetings what types of things are discussed for the explorers yeah we meet once a week from 5 30 7 30 on thursdays and we would train like a patrol officer would so these guys could like we train in a like a safe environment where they could do like a dui stop a felony stop crisis negotiation work in the jail so they're actually like learning this stuff. Yes, sir. Do they ever do the ride-alongs and, and actually, you know, are they out there in the field ever? They, they can do a ride-along just like a, like our alumni and stuff can, but they got to be 18 years old to do the ride-along right now. And do you have some who actually become a deputy, you know, once they hit, I don't know, 19, 20 years old? Yes, sir. we got we got two or three that's working in the jail right now that's on patrol one that's went to thp one that works for the crime analysis lab in nashville and they all started with the explorer program. yes sir so did they actually participate in this in their high school or do they come to the sheriff's office to do this they um some of them we went to criminal justice classes and talked and they come to our program though or some just hear about us and they come to the sheriff's office and become part of the program. Now, I remember a couple of years ago at the at the air show, which took place in Smyrna, they actually helped out in locating a, a missing girl who, I guess, got separated from her parents there at the air show. Yes, sir. And that's one of the things we train in. We train like, okay, this is what we need to do if you know we're looking for a loss. And they went through the crowds and they found them. How often are they helping out with, with helping, you know, in, with actual things that the sheriff's department is involved in you know like like searching for that little girl who got separated from her parents i mean yeah. how often are they doing that like when we have events like that if the event wants us to that's what we'll do and like that's when like big events like that if they ask us to come help like with doing stuff like that we'll come help what, what do they tell you you know i i mean if they're in the program for let's say a year what types of feedback are you hearing from these teenagers it's good they you know, today's world, it's teenagers kind of got it bad, in my opinion, because they don't have the stuff like we did. They don't have the families. And they come there, and they we become a big family. I mean, you can ask Irwin and E.T. here. They, I mean, we're just like a big family, and they love coming. You know, it seems like years ago when we were growing up, of course, you didn't have all the social media that you have today, which really allows for a whole lot more freedom. But at the same time, it closes people off because you have teens who you know are never leaving the house they're just communicating with each other via snapchat or whatever it may be yeah and that's one thing when they come to the program phones go up we become one person you know we all work together they got to work together as a team and learn how to communicate with each other is it hard to get them to do that in the beginning not really because they really come in and they're like okay this is pretty cool we're learning some of this stuff that you know hey we're hands-on and they're wanting to do this stuff. 
they want to be there, in yes. other words. Yes, sir. And then the criminal justice class, you know, that's a class that I guess you have to actually ask to take whenever you're in high school. So that, too, is one of those situations where those teens want to be there. Right. And um, with our explorers, they want to do this because they can earn a right to go to competition. We'll go to competition in Gatlinburg once a year, and we compete against like 3,000 other explorers. And events and stuff and so they they want to earn that right to get there because that's what they got to do they got to earn it with good grades you know coming to meetings and showing that they're willing to go deputy andy Pugh with us this morning from the rutherford county sheriff's office talking a little bit about the explorer program how do you how do, how do you get involved i mean if you're in high school let's say here in town but yet you're doing the distance learning thing how do you say i want to get involved in this they can contact call the sheriff's office they can contact me. I'll give you my info. Or they can get with their SRO and their SRO will. Well, if they ain't going to school, you know, they can't do that. But then we got an app online. Go to the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, and there's an app on there to fill out. And, again, the age group of who we're talking about here? Uh, 14 to 21. 14 and out of 8th grade is what they require. Now, is there any reason why a teen would be turned down for the program? No, not unless they're grades. they got to keep the grades up. We make them keep a C average, but we haven't never really turned nobody down from the program. So it looks like it's open up to everybody, and uh, anybody can get involved. What about past behavior problems? Is that going to cause any issue? We haven't had none that's caused issues. It depends on the charge. or the. But usually they'll come there, and they want to better their self. Or they want to take the step in the right direction. Now, also with us this morning, we have Community Service Sergeant Chris Irwin. It sounds like, you know, for example, the Explorer program, a lot of the programs all go hand-in-hand at the Sheriff's Office, like the SCAN program, because they all are focused on helping out in the community. Uh, Yes, and all those, um, the Explorers and SCAN and all those um, fall under the Community Service Unit. So we all work together on all the events um, that we that we do what right now is one of the organizations you know is it the scan program or is it the Explorer program that you're actually taking in new people right now who want to be a part of it um, I believe we're taking um, candidates for the explorers um, and then we'll always take volunteers for scan anyone that wants to come in and help us um, with that we're we're always willing to um, to interview you and, and bring you in what what is the scan program I, I've heard a lot about it I, I know it involves uh, helping out seniors in our community but what what exactly is it and how does it work um, well E.T. guys, I'm going to have E.T. tell you all. I'm going to have E.T. tell you all about it. Um, it's a wonderful program, um, but I just recently took over um, the community service um, unit back in uh, the first of July, um, and I'm really learning from E.T. and Clarence about Scan. Um, but it's a it's a wonderful um, thing that we do, and E.T. is going to tell you all about it. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> now you've been doing the Scan program for a long time now since it started since it's what how long ago did it actually start it's almost 10 years okay so about 10 years mm-hmm. ago and and i what i know about it is that you go out into the community and if you know of a senior citizen who is having a hard time maybe he can't fix uh let's say a water line you know at his kitchen sink mm-hmm. you'll find somebody to help out to help make that happen to get it fixed 
we do have referrals that we can refer them to for that type of job. So what other things does the SCAM program do? Well, we check on the seniors. We get referrals from family, uh, anybody. And we give them a call and we go out and see if they meet the criteria for the SCAN program. And if they do, we sign them up. Here in Rutherford County, as hard as it may be to believe, we have some seniors who live way off the beaten path. and Some of their homes may not even have electricity turned on currently or the water may be shut off. I mean, that, that really exists right here. Yes, we do have some that don't have electricity. How, how often do you run across that? I think we have two in the program now that uh, are like that. And and is it because they can't afford the bill or is it they never had something fixed to get the electricity turned back on? Well, I'll let Clarence explain that. There, there's a lot of, of tough situations here in our own community that I think a lot of folks don't really know exist. That's true. Uh, there are some some folks out there that are on very minimum income. They have hardly any in income at all. And as far as the electrical, and uh, it's because they can't pay the bill or they don't want to use uh, a lot of electricity, so they can't pay the bill. We also have some that don't have water, running water in their homes. Uh, and we, uh, if there's a possibility that we can help them get that, then we'll try to do that. But uh, in some cases, it's just uh, not possible. So, so we just, you know, we we uh, we'll try to help them in other ways or just any way that we can to make it better for them to live. Is it that some of these folks who are living in, in these conditions they don't have any family here, or is it that they literally don't have a penny? to fix something that needs to be fixed? Well, probably uh, a lot of our folks do have family that helps. Uh, some do not have family here. Uh, we have two elderly gentlemen living out in the Fosterville and Christiana area that don't have any family. Uh, so there's nobody to for them to call in to help them. So they just have to do the best that they can and that's where we come in and try to help them with some of their, uh, make so, their life a little bit better. Are you finding that some of these, a lot of these people, I guess, maybe live on a farm that they've literally grown up on? Or are they, you know, is it a house that they bought over the last 10 years or so? What, 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 are you look, what do you typically see? Typically for somebody like that uh, with no running water or something, uh, it's, one or two that we have run across have lived in their homes since they were children. Uh, one of the, our members who is deceased now was uh, lived in the house, and he was about 90 when he passed away, and he'd lived in that house since he was about six months old, he said. So, so it's, you know, most, if they're in that kind of a situation, they haven't been able to afford to live anywhere else, so they just stay where they are and one lady that we have uh, is living in a house that her grandfather built and uh, so it's uh, once they're in a situation like that they can't hardly move 
So some of these homes where some of these folks live, the homes are 100 years old in some cases. In some cases, yes. And, and that probably comes with problems of a home that old, too. That's true. Uh, like Those houses back then didn't have insulation in them, uh, so water lines burst. Uh, other things happen that can't be fixed easily or, or for a little bit of money. So something like replacing water lines in a house like that would run into some uh, pretty good costs that they probably couldn't afford. What are some of the stories you've encountered and how have you worked to, to help fix whatever the problem may be? Uh, we had a, a fellow over in the Smyrna area that uh, he had running water, but it was only in his bathroom. Uh, we uh, would attempted to fix that, but he, the house he lived in, like I said, didn't have uh, uh, insulation, and every winter the pipes would burst and freeze, so they just kept them off and, and left him a sink in there and a, and a commode. And that was uh, all that was there because you, he couldn't afford to get it fixed every winter, you know. So uh, there's uh, some others that uh, one that ha is kind of a, a squatter, I would think, and uh, he's so there's not a lot that we can do in that case because he doesn't own the home. Because if he if they don't own the home. It's not much we can do except if we get the homeowner's permission to do things. So. I guess in some cases you're looking at a situation where while they may not own the home, the person who does, they're elderly as well, and they've had the home in their family for X amount of years, and they don't have the money to maybe fix whatever the problem is. That's true, yes. Do you ever get different organizations involved to help cover the cost of what may be needed to be repaired? Uh, there are some uh, some organizations in the county that do help folks with problems like that, help them pay their electrical bill or their water bill. Uh, and if we have a person with that kind of problem, we do our best to get them to that to that resource. Uh, it's some cases they can help some some are habitual they like you know every month you know they they can't pay a bill or something and it's kind of hard to help those folks because on a continuing basis it runs into a lot of money clarence and et geis with the scan program which is under the rutherford county sheriff's office some of our guests this morning I guess some of the folks who are being helped out, their income may be from Social Security, and it may be five, six hundred dollars a month. Which, in these these days in the market that we're in, it's kind of hard to function on that. I mean, because you got to pay for gas to drive into town to get groceries if they live far out, mm -hmm. and then paying for utilities. I mean, that would be next to impossible to manage everything on five hundred dollars a month but some people are living just that way right yes but we do have good resources we have mid cumberland that we just got a delivery of food so we'll be taking that out and we have some good resources 
So not even not even having food to eat. That's that's another issue that you probably run into. Yes, it is. Do you sometimes visit with somebody and they literally have nothing to eat? I mean, nothing in their kitchen, nothing stored or or anything. We have seen it very low, but we've been lucky for now. How many long we've we been getting the donations? But From we're getting good donations now, so they're not going without food. Our volunteers are also really good about, we call every week and talk to each one of them and they ask, hey, do you need anything? Is everything good? So most of the time our members will say, well, I'm running low on food or whatever. And we have Feed America First and Mid Cumberland that, that help us with food supplies and, and, and we're able to feed the um, members, keep them with uh, food. Sergeant Irwin also with us this morning. So how often our deputies who are out there on patrol, how often do they run across somebody and then they say, you know, hey, we need to send these folks over to the scan program. They need they need somebody to check on them. Um, several of our referrals usually come from deputies. Um, since I've, like I said, I started in the 1st of July and I've already had three referrals from deputies. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID restrictions, it's been hard to, um, to bring in new members. Uh, so ET has been calling them and doing most of the intakes, all the intake stuff that she can do over the phone. And um, now that we're kind of back in the homes with, you know, we're wearing masks and gloves and keeping our distance, um, ET or Clarence and I are going to start doing our, um, uh, going to the houses and doing our safety checks to make sure, um, you know, everything's good there. And then we're going to um, allow them to be members. So we're about to get some new members, which we're excited about. What? What are some of the conditions that you've run into as you know while being a sheriff's deputy as far as people's homes and and seeing where they live because it's always eye-opening to see how different people live but sometimes it's it's overwhelming to see how somebody else lives because you look at it and you just think how do they do this yeah um when i was on patrol there were several times we went to houses and it was i'll to be honest, it was shocking um, that they, they could even live that way, um, or that they had to live that way. Um, one, of the, I guess, the worst one was it wasn't even a trailer, um, but it was. You walked in and everything was open. It was just his um, his mattress was right there, and when you walked in the front door, uh, he did have a sink. I think his refrigerator was basically a cooler. His um, bathroom was a five-gallon bucket. I mean, it was it was pretty bad. Um, so I'm very um, excited that we have this scan program, and, and I'm very excited to see all the things they've been able to do and help in the community. I, I remember I did a ride-along, I, I guess it was 1999 or so, <clears throat> and wherever we went, and I don't really recall where it was. I know it was out the Hall Hill Pike area, but we, we went out into what, look like a field after going through some some wooded area and uh when we got to where we were getting the homes looked like they were just made out of just plywood i mean just like little shacks and there were probably about seven eight nine of them and they were all in the same area but they had families living in each one didn't look like they had electricity to all of them i don't see how they could have running water out there are there still things or places like that here in rutherford county um, 
I would say there probably is. I'm not on the road uh, anymore, so what I get is just from uh, patrol officers calling me and letting me know. Uh, I haven't had anyone recently call me about a situation that 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 is that bad, but I would say it, it's probably still out there. It, it's wild to imagine that's right here in our own backyard. I, I mean, you think of things like that, and you think of third world countries. You don't think of Rutherford County. Yeah, it's it's really sad when you when you come across it, but. We've got a great community, and we've got a lot of resources out there that are willing to help help those. So um, if you know anyone like that, please give us a call, and we'll do our best to, to help them. What do you see as being one of the biggest needs in Rutherford County? Because you're in the, in the service industry, and I'm sure you hear about a lot of problems. Of course, working for the sheriff's office, you know firsthand about all the problems that we face. You know, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's mental illness. I mean, there's so much that happens here in our own community. So what do you see as being some of the the bigger problems that we have to face? Um, all of them are, you know, not, not great and things that we're trying to reduce and we're trying to uh, work on in the community. Mental, I think mental um, illness is, is probably high up there nowadays. We're seeing a lot of that and we have a lot of programs that are, that are trying to assist and help with that. Um, so I would probably say mental health is the worst right now. And with mental health problems, you know, often comes a lot of the other issues, such as drug abuse or alcohol abuse, because they, they're self-medicating and they probably don't even know why when they start. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, you know, when, you, when you're on a traffic stop or you're out in the, uh, in the community and you're, and you're dealing with someone a lot of your mental health issues also look like, you know, someone on drugs or looks like, um, you know, someone who might be drunk or whatever. So it's hard for the officers and, and the first responders and stuff involved to to be able to tell which is which. And it takes time on, on scene, which you don't really have um, to figure out, you know, which is which. So it is important, you know, if you feel like you have uh, mental health issues to um, reach out to people and, and try and get help. Um, the boys in, um, there was an event this past Saturday um, that we took part in. Unfortunately, I, I didn't make it, but the sheriff's office was there representing it, and it was a mental health awareness, and they were um, giving out things and that could help people with the mental health issues. So, so uh, Deputy Pugh, with the Explorers program, how do you... How do you go about the subject of mental illness? Because that's something that when you're in law enforcement, you're going to run up against it probably every day. Right. And that's something we train in. Like, you know, you got to treat each situation as it's different. You know, you just can't go in thinking there's no nothing normal. So we go in there and we teach them like crisis negotiation, you know, because that's where sometimes you get the mental and we teach them how to talk to the people, you know, don't down talk them, talk to them like, hey, you want to be their friend. Like they need they need you and that's how they come around to you you know and with schizophrenia that's a whole nother story but it's i mean obviously it's a mental illness but with that because it seems like a lot of times in court you hear that word well this person had schizophrenic episodes or heard voices leading up to whatever the crime was that was committed Um, but with that it's kind of hard to reason with somebody who is going through some type of schizophrenic episode so how do you how do you teach kids how they need to be aware of that and also deal with that? You know, and with that we have like 
one of our um, detectives, she comes in and teaches it, and she is probably one of the best that I know at doing that. And she sits there and shows them how, you know, your body language and all that makes a difference in what you're, how you're talking to these people, you know. See, Don't go in there like your gun's blazing. you got to go in there and sit down like you're ready to talk and listen to, the, to them. So you almost have to change your mindset for every single call that's made. And, and it's almost as if you're an actor at times because you have to act a certain way in order for somebody to better understand you when you're communicating to them. Yes, sir. You got you know you got to be you got to be prepared and know you got to read you know what's going on. You don't have that. You got a split second to think. Okay, this is what I got to do. Do you ever have kids come to you who are part of the program and say, you know, I I got to tell you, whatever it is is going on inside my own home, I, I, it, because it seems like that's. It, it's sad because it happens more than people realize. You know. I say at least once or twice a month, I have one come up and say, hey, this is what's going on. You know, because they, they know, like, they got to, they can confide in us and we can get them the help they need for their home or whatever's going on with their friend or whatever. And, and you're working with SROs all the time because obviously this is a program that involves kids in, mm -hmm. in high schools. Yes, sir. You know, they'll, they'll talk to these kids, hey, I think this program will be good for you. You know, they'll send them to us and, and they'll let me know, hey, this kid can be good but you know they need to get out of that lifestyle that they're in it seems like a lot of times those who are children living in a home filled with domestic violence every single day they often go down one of two paths whenever they graduate high school it could be a path of well the exact same thing where their next relationship is filled with domestic violence or it could be a path where they're totally against it and their whole goal in life after that is to make sure it doesn't happen to others yes and that's what and like I said, it happens more than what people realize, you know. And they want to change that cycle. They don't want to be in that cycle. They don't want to see how mom was done or, you know, they want it, they want it to change. And they want to be the person that makes a difference in somebody's life. What are some of the stories that have stood out to you in the past that kids have come to you and confided in you with? You know, and like you said, like, mom's getting beat by boyfriend. Dad's not in the picture. Dad don't care what's going on you know and that, that's sad because you know i got two loving parents that love me and you know it's hard to believe that somebody don't care what's happening to their kids where they're what they're out doing or whatever and that's sad but it, it happens all the time yep and like you said we get tied up in work you know parents don't have time for kids like, hey i'm work i'm tired i'm going home i'm going to bed no it's not you know you do, you defend for yourself do you sometimes hear some of these stories from kids that you work with and then then you wonder you know well i go home to my own kids and i don't know if you have kids but you go home to your own kids and you think and my kids are complaining about not being able to stay out past 11 o'clock you, you know i mean it's just it's hard to comprehend whenever you're out there in the field and you're seeing the reality of of bad parenting yeah and you know you realize that and and i do i got three kids and i realize like man i ain't failing am i you know am i doing them this way you know, so you wonder what you're doing that they that they're missing out on. It's sometimes just not comprehensible to try to understand how some parents can be maybe maybe so mean or so uh, inattentive to where they don't even know what's going on with their kids. I mean, I mean, there's just a long list of things that are hard to believe in your line of work. Right, and you you know you you see that, and it's like what's going on what can we do to make this better you know 
But, you know, then we got some that their parents, hey, make sure their kids are at the program every day. You know, make sure they're ready to go. And it, that makes me feel good because, and I like how some of the parents come to us and they're like, you know, hey, I appreciate this because he was, you know, you've made a difference in their life. And that's what I want to do. If I may make a difference, we got 20-something kids. If I can make a difference in two of them's lives, I've done something. You know, I can't do it to all of them, but if I can do it to at least one or two, I've done something. You often see one extreme or the other extreme. I, I mean, yeah. it's like these days, there's not a whole lot in between. No, there's, there's not, you know. And I'll have parents call me and talk to me about, hey, they're slacking in their grades. Can you help them out? Can you kind of give them that bump up? Because, you know, us as parents, we, we, we do that sometimes. We slack. But they'll come to me and they'll say, can you help? And I'll help and I'll talk to them. And so, like I said, you know, then they'll call me like next grade period and say, hey, the grades really went back up. So how can somebody get involved in the Explorer program if they want to? Like I said, they can um, they can contact the sheriff's office, and they can put, the sheriff's office will put them through to me, or they can give, use my email. They can email me, and I'll give you the email if anybody wants. What what is the email address? It's um a pu p u g h at r c s o t n dot org. Or just call one of the main numbers at yes, the sir. sheriff's office. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about some of the different programs within the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Time right now, 8.43. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. I wanted to go ahead and invite your family to come do business with my family. We are excited to announce that our fall fragrance pet odor exterminating candles are here. If you have not experienced these, you should stop in and check them out. We are open for in-store shopping and also happy to offer curbside delivery if that's your preference. Thank you to our customers for allowing us to serve you for 30 years. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615 615- 930 That's 615-930-0088. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. During these uncertain times, it's good to have a friend to walk with you and help with financial guidance. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you with free text banking, bill paying, mobile deposits, and more. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry. 
now a part of the Capstar Bank family. Member FDIC. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Time right now, 8.45. You're tuned in to WGNS on this Wednesday morning. We have guests from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, including Community Service Sergeant Chris Irwin and Deputy Andy Pugh, along with E.T. Geis and Clarence Geis from the SCAN program. And uh, Andy, I know you were talking about off the air how the Explorer program helps out the SCAN program. And I guess all these programs, like I said earlier, kind of work together in a lot of ways. Yes, sir. We... um like one of our big things we do with them is the thanksgiving dinner that they feed for the scan we go out there and my guys and girls will sit there and talk to these seniors and realize hey how different it is now you know than it was then and and like i said some of these seniors they don't have nobody to talk to them young like that and they like hearing the their stories and they really it's like it's a kind of like an amazing combination they go in there and it's like ET can tell you, it's you see them cry. You see these seniors cry because these kids are sitting there wanting to listen to them. So ET, what do you see whenever you see these teenagers interacting with some of these elderly folks who may not have any family here or any real friends here? It warms my heart because the seniors love the young kids. The young kids love the seniors, and the young kids they don't just talk with them. They come in and help us with anything we have to do in the kitchen anything but they're always anxious to help the scan program so these these kids are probably learning all types of i mean history for one uh, especially from the seniors who may have grown up here who remember what it was like living here 70 80 years ago mm-hmm. that that's the kind of stuff that you can't really learn in school it's warm it just warms your heart how can somebody get involved with the SCAN program? They can call uh, the SCAN number, 615-904-3139, or they can call the, the main number at the Sheriff's Office. And same thing if somebody knows, let's say, a senior who needs some help or needs somebody just to check on them every once in a while, do they just call one of those numbers? Yes, they can call either one, 904-3139 or the main number they'll get it to us do you have enough volunteers right now to to cover rutherford county and to visit everyone who needs to be visited not like we want to so are there more referrals every single day every single week no not right now because of the pandemic it's just but we have about 28 intakes to do when we can get out so when you say 28 intakes to do these would be new faces that haven't been a part of the program yet yes 28 more i mean that's a lot it seems like because when you say that you have to kind of reflect on who the scan program is visiting and it's visiting folks who literally either don't have anybody they don't have the income to live a day-to-day life like others can I mean, that, it seems like that's that's a lot. It, and, you know, they don't complain. The seniors don't complain. If somebody else don't refer them, then they'll probably just sit there. Do you run across some who may have Alzheimer's and they 
they need a lot more help than what you can provide, but yet they can't get it? Some. We can't, uh, when it comes to medical, we can't, you know, do anything about that. But we can refer them somewhere and talk to the family, you know, tell the family. But uh, it's, SCAN program has come a long way in 10 years. So if you find somebody who needs some some type of medical help or in reality they probably should be in a nursing home there's nothing that can be done if they say no i don't want to no. which is which is tough and it's got to be tough to see right sometimes in cases like that <clears throat> we may have to refer them to adult protective services uh, which would probably be the first step in getting this help as as far as medical help or uh, mental help. Have you been with some people long enough to actually see a real change in their behavior to see, well, these are signs that something else is going on that, that I don't know what it is, but they need some more help. I mean, have you been with some people long enough to see those changes? Oh, yes, we have. Uh, we've seen some that, and you can, you can tell, uh, that there are changes if, if uh, that's one thing we need to do more now since the COVID-19 thing is kind of backing off and we're able to get out and visit with them more that's where you really see it is when you go out and see them in their home and and see how things change they may be not taking care of themselves or uh, different things like that but uh, Yes, we do see that occasionally. Sometimes just somebody visiting with somebody who lives alone is enough motivation to make them want to get up each day. So if you go for long periods without ever visiting face-to-face -face with some of these folks, I could see where they would go downhill pretty quick. Yes, that's true. So the whole COVID-19 pandemic has probably made it hard for a lot of people. It has, definitely. I mean, emotionally, for sure. Yes, sir. Because these are folks who normally you may go see once a week or some a volunteer may go see once a week, but all of a sudden that stops. So mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I can't imagine how that person who, who lives there feels because maybe they don't understand COVID-19. You know, may, maybe it's just too much for them to grasp because with if they have mild dementia or Alzheimer's it may be too hard for them to understand why everybody stopped visiting them yes that's why we try to call them more now and you know that we don't get to visit but uh, you can see the changes in their lives once you start seeing them we, we've got this one little lady that was so shy she'd just look at you and uh, but now I can call her and she giggles and she, you know, it just makes such a difference. Somebody cares. What kind of age range are you serving? I, I, those that you go to see, what is the oldest? Uh, well, I can tell you we've had one in our program that was 107. She would have been 108, but she passed away two weeks shy. Wow. But uh, we've got them in the 90s. So, you know, it, their stories have to be interesting when they sit they and talk are. with you. 
yeah. there's no telling the types of things that they remember over the years. I mean, you got World War II, you got Vietnam. I mean, there's just those types of big history moments coupled with just the changing of America. Yeah, it is. It's like going to see my grandmother again. It's, that's how I look at it. Are some of them able to, to really, I guess, tell you things about their life? I mean, do they have mm-hmm. a great memory to where they're able to share it all with you? Some of them do. Some of them don't. That's got to be interesting. It is. And I can see, you know, where a high school student who's volunteering to help out with the Explorer program would, would really get a lot out of those conversations, especially if, let's say, their grandparents passed away before they even knew them. Right, you know, and it's, and it, what amazes me is like our explorers, they go in and they realize it's not all about them. It's about these people, you know. They realize there's other steps of life besides their lives, you know, and how life is different now and how some of these people live. And like, I know one of the stories was like, an ET poet can tell you, they, um, this gentleman was living at one spot and his family was not even a mile down the road and they didn't even stop to see him so he was happy that you know these explorers were sitting there talking to him and and of course there's a lot of background i'm sure within these families that you know you don't know about when you go into the program so there may be 20 reasons why the the son the daughter don't come by anymore so sometimes you're walking in only knowing half of it and then i guess over time you start to learn I guess more details about each person mm-hmm. so it's it's a huge learning curve I would say for a lot of people it is it is so if somebody wants to get more involved in different things going on within the community that are under the sheriff's office what, what is the best I guess first start what, what what do they need to do first just give you a call yeah, just contact the sheriff's office, um, ask to speak to Sergeant Chris Irwin, and uh, if they want to volunteer for anything, and I'll be able to guide them and help them get uh, situated. Um, that goes for the Explorers. We have um, SCAN program. We also have uh, Citizens Academy, which was put on hold um, due to the COVID restrictions, but I got the approval um, yesterday to uh, start planning for January. So we will start our Citizens Academy um, in January. So if anyone's interested in that, uh, give us a call. So the Citizens Academy, that is something that's been going on since about 98 or so, I think. I believe so, yeah. And so with that, those who are in the community can sit through different classes to understand better what the Sheriff's Department does, what day-to-day life is all about within the Sheriff's Office. Yeah, we have um, several instructors that come in. It'll be on Tuesday nights, and uh, we have instructors come in, and uh, you know, someone will talk about the uh, you know our detectives, our CID program, um, patrol. will go through things with them. Uh, they'll get a tour of the jail. Um, so just a whole lot of stuff. And in the end, toward the end, they get to do a ride along. So. Okay, and again, just contact the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office from there. Uh, whoever answers the phone will be able to lead them in the right direction. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today. And uh, again, it, it, it sounds fascinating what's happening within the sheriff's office because years ago, you know, a sheriff's office was just that. I mean, it was there for law enforcement and nothing else. And now there's there's so much more to it. Yeah, we're definitely trying to, uh, to get out there and um, to provide the serve and protect and serve. Um, and one of the things that um, 
also I, I just got approved yesterday uh, that we're trying to do is um, the trunk or treat on the square was canceled um, and I believe most of the trunk or treats are, are um, reluctant to to um, have a go this year because of the COVID restrictions. So what we're doing is we're going to put together um, a grab and go. Um, and I'm, um, Blackman Middle School has offered their location, so it's going to be at Blackman Middle uh, Blackman Middle School. And basically, it'll be kind of a trunk or treat. We'll have um, little um, stations set up all along um, the route that we that we create um, on Blackman Middle, and the parents will basically keep their kids in the cars and they'll drive through and they'll be able to stop at each station and look at the decorations or whatever and then there'll be a um a table or a booth with the pre um, candy already packaged and um they'll just roll the windows down grab their candy and go on through the route um so we're looking for a lot of um local businesses and organizations and churches that want to um, donate and set up um set up booths please call us contact us um we're hoping to make it a a pretty big thing because like i said i don't believe there's going to be a lot for the kids this year great stuff happening at the rutherford county sheriff's office thank you for joining us today thank you thank for you. having us